Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Coming up in this edition of the TV Black Box, is it all over for Andrew O'Keefe? Domestic violence charges the latest in a string of issues. Streaming services make big plays in the fight for eyeballs and the networks launch their big guns ahead of official ratings. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Welcome to a big new year of the TV Black Box podcast. As always, the podcast is evolving, and this year we have some changes in the lineup. This week, actress Sarah Monaghan is with us. Hello, Sarah. I'm so excited to be back, and it's nighttime here. It's no longer 4 a.m., so you don't have to make fun of my dark circles. It, oh, I would never have a go at your appearance, never. Anything to the country is lies, damn lies. Yes, sure. <laughs> I'm never going to live that down. Aaron Ryan is from TV Black Box, is with us from Perth. Hello, Aaron. Hello, from Perth in lockdown for five days. Indeed. How's it going over there? Oh, it's okay. It's only been uh, day one. I've been on the holidays, but um, very different for Perth. No community transmission for 10 months and now in lockdown. Yeah, and the people of Melbourne are saying, suck it up, princess. Uh, And he came to fame as a reporter for A Current Affair before becoming the sport presenter on The Today Show. And now he's killing it on radio station 2GB since replacing Alan Jones in the breakfast slot. Ben Fordham. Legend, it's great to have you with us today. Hello, everyone. I thought I was going on McKnight tonight telling my life story, so I feel a bit cheated, but it's great to be here on TV. <laughs> uh, you you still got a little way to go before you get there, mate. <laughs> Good um, to see everyone. Ben, before we get into the TV topics, seriously, what a year you've had. You've replaced Alan Jones, which could have been the poison chalice, but you've made it work. Your ratings are spectacular. Mate, you live in the dream. Look, it's going really well, Rob, and uh, I have my same team that I had when I was doing my drive time radio show on 2GB, so we all came across together, which I think is a bit of a bonus because you'd know doing a show like this, when you've got the team around, it makes it that little bit more fun, and if you've got a challenge, you kind of meet it together, so we've had a good time. The alarm goes off at 2.59am, but my wife wakes up now at exactly the same time because Jody reads the 5am news on Channel 7 every morning before sunrise, so that makes it good as well because... Because it used to be me getting up and seeing her asleep. Mind you, she was looking after kids during maternity leave, so it's not like she was kind of bludging, but it's (laughs) nice to wake up together and get into it together. Oh, that's fabulous, mate. And did you certainly feel the pressure when you took over this role? I mean, a lot of people would have wanted it, but it was a tough role to take. Yeah, I didn't want it. I, I, In fact, I'd always promised myself I would never 
follow Alan Jones in because I just kind of thought, oh, look, you know, you're setting yourself up for disaster and I've worked really hard. Why would I risk all of that on something that's likely to fail? But Tom Malone, who you know, who mm. has run 60 Minutes and the Today Show and Wide World of Sports, he's now running Nine Radio and he convinced me that it was going to work and I thought it was going to fail and it turns out he was right and I was wrong. <laughs> so Tom far. Malone, another one who's killing it. What he has done with uh, Macquarie Radio or what's now Nine Radio has been phenomenal. The turnaround has been great. Yeah, well, he was my former work experience kid and I've had <laughs> many, many work experience kids who've gone on to phenomenal things and I'm proud of all of them. But when Tommy first did work experience with me, I was 21 and he was 19 and I thought to myself at the end of that session, that first time we wrote a script together, I thought, oh, this guy's much smarter than me and he's going to go further than me. And one day he will run the Nine Network. Uh, yeah. I don't know when that will be, but he's, uh, he is the smartest young operator I've ever come across in, in the media business. So um, uh, to have him at my side and, and also telling me what to do, he's a, he's a taskmaster, but also a really generous and caring bloke as well. So... He's, uh, he's done amazing things so far. Well, it's funny you say that. There is a lot of speculation about Tom and the future of Nine and him being the CEO. It's unlikely that he'll get it this time around, but it's pretty much put your bets on because the next time the CEO role comes up, he will get it. Well, sure. look, I'm... You know, I'm a little bit biased on that one. And when I say a little bit, I'm, I'm extremely biased. But there are some really uh, hot contenders as far as getting that role as well. Uh, Mike Sneesby, who's run Stan for a long yeah, time. Yeah. Chris Jance, who's w really well regarded. And there are other people outside of the nine business as well who are in the mix as well. So it's going to be interesting to see who gets that gig because Hugh Marks has really... Uh, turn nine into, well, the biggest media business in the country. So mm. I've sat there and watched that uh, with a front row seat over the time Hugh's been in there. So I can tell you that there's a, a large degree of disappointment that, that Hugh's going because we've seen all the success that, that nine's achieved under his reign. Well, nine has been lucky. David Gingell and Hugh Marks have been two fantastic su successive CEOs and what they have both done to build the business has been fantastic. So the next person is inheriting a business in a very good shape, so it'll be interesting to see where they take it. All right, let's get into the news headlines. And we start the year with two Aussie stars at the centre of some serious legal allegations. News broke yesterday that game show host Andrew O'Keefe was arrested and charged over an alleged domestic violence incident. The matter will be heard in court this Thursday, but in the interim, O'Keefe has been handed an on behalf of his rumoured partner. O'Keefe was one of the founding members of domestic violence charity White Ribbon and even served as chairman just a few years ago. Right before the details of the incident emerged, Channel 7 made a statement regarding rumours of O'Keefe's departure as host of the Chase Australia after the Sunday Telegraph reported he might be replaced by Rove McManus. Seven said, and I quote, Andrew O'Keefe has been a valued member of the Seven on-air family for many years and continues to appear on-air as host of the Chase Australia. The speculation about his future and alleged replacements is baseless, ill-informed and wrong. Now, Sarah, he is, of course entitled to his day in court. But if he is proven guilty, this is a nightmare for Seven, isn't it? It's a nightmare for everyone. Mm. Um, I guess especially since he did start a domestic abuse charity, essentially, um, and then this comes back, it's, I mean, it's, it's 
it's not a good look. And I, I, he's already taken so much time off recently for all of the other stuff. Um, so maybe this will just carry over and they'll be like, look, you know, we're already giving you so much time off and now this, like, we're just done with you. Um, but I mean, I hope everything works out for everyone. Yeah. Look, I have met Andrew a handful of times. I like him. Um, he does seem troubled. Aaron, do you think his reputation in the public domain is already tarnished from this and other incidents? Uh, do you think Seven need to cut ties regardless of the outcome of these latest charges? I don't think probably regardless to the to the allegations. I think if he's found guilty, it would be, in my view, very uncomfortable watching the show, um, knowing essentially that he, you know, inverted commas, is a, is a wife beater if he's found guilty. Um, mm. Look... It's a big, I mean, unofficially, the ratings started last night unofficially. Um, a new presenter would come in, but there's so many issues that they've got the unedited episodes with Andrew O'Keefe. It's not quite as easy as just dumping the show and putting in border security or something. I mean, they would have to change their whole lineup as of pretty much this afternoon, um, maybe going to a five o'clock local news or moving the Chase UK to five o'clock um, and then looking for a new presenter. I mean, it's, this is huge. Well, Ben, I can exclusively reveal that they have shot six months' worth of episodes at a cost Ouch. of $15 million, including prize money and production costs. So Ooh. six months' worth of episodes are sitting on the shelf. That's Ouch. a lot of television and money to throw down the gurgler if you replace hosts or drop those episodes. Yeah, the, those episodes won't be dropped. Those episodes will go to air. And as you said at the start of this conversation, Rob, he has a fundamental right to his day in court. Mm -hmm. uh, he has not been found guilty. He has not been convicted. And I make no commentary on this particular case because, of course, like anyone who's listening at the moment, I'm not across the detail. The details haven't been aired in court. But if I can sidestep the Andrew O'Keefe case and speak in more general terms, we have seen these things in the past where allegations have been made against people and then when it's come to the crunch they haven't been backed up or the person who's the subject of those allegations has been cleared. I look back at Ryan Phelan, a sports presenter on Channel 7 uh, who was accused of an incident uh, involving an ex-partner and I actually went on radio the day all of that happened and I said, look, I know nothing about this case but I do know this. I know a number of people who know Ryan Phelan really well and I know him through those people, through multiple people, uh, to be a thoroughly decent person. And that's not saying that the allegations are untrue because I've got no evidence to be able to prove that. But I just would encourage people just to wait, take a deep breath and see how this plays out. Now, in that particular case, the charges were dropped. And in fact, the person who had made the complaint ended up saying, look, I, I wish none of this ever happened. And I think he's a really nice guy. So I, I'm not going to rush to judgment on Andrew O'Keefe at all. That's why we have a court process. He is innocent until proven otherwise. But, Ben, that's the problem, isn't it? TV networks jump quickly and people get caught in a headline and they lose their job over this. Well, they, they're not in this case because, as you've spoken about, there's a statement from Channel 7 giving their full support to Andrew O'Keefe, well, at least saying well, that, uh, that he's part of the on-air lineup. And, and they've also denied the report that uh, Rove McManus is being lined up as a replacement. And Andrew's had some problems. And, and I'm not saying anything here that Andrew hasn't said. Andrew's acknowledged that he has had some problems. It's something that runs in the family when it comes to, I suppose, dealing with addiction issues and things like that. There are a number of males in the O'Keefe family, including the, the late, great Johnny O'Keefe, who had 
uh, some of his own challenges. So Andrew's acknowledged that. That's not suggesting that there's any acknowledgement of, of violence allegations, but uh, Channel 7 has not indicated in any way that they're going to be punting him. And, and look, I think that, 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 you know, at a time like this, I think it's just fair to sit back a little bit and, and let it play out in the judicial process. One thing I need to be clear on, that statement from Seven was in relation to the Daily Telegraph article by Annette Sharp talking about Rove McManus. It was not in relation to the domestic violence charges that have been laid against um, Andrew. So it will be interesting to see if they stand by him. I agree people need their day in court. So I hope that they stick by him until, as such a time, he is, if he's found guilty, then all bets are off. But it comes back to, you know, Andrew O'Keefe isn't the only star in hot water like this. While appearing on 10's I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, it was revealed that comedian Ash Williams was being accused of taking sexual photos of a woman without her consent. The complaint was made late last year after the woman alleges he took screenshots during phone sex. Now, Ash is expected to fight the charge and has openly said, and I quote, I'm really upset by the allegation and I'm distressed about the impact it's had on members of my family particularly my mum. This matter is returning to court today, in fact, February the 1st. But there are now rumours 10 have dropped him as the next bachelor. So, Ben, we're seeing a, if that rumour is true, we are seeing networks react to negative headlines. That's not true. You know that he wasn't the bachelor? He's never been offered that. I've known Ash for a, a number of years. He's never been offered that role. So you can't be dropped from a role that you never had. Well, that's good news. I mean, I actually would love to see him as the next Bachelor, but there was certainly some reporting that suggested that part of his I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here contract was... Not true. Uh, ..did include uh, a stint as the Bachelor. No. And look, I mean, again, this is another case where someone's made an allegation mm. and the person who's the subject of the allegation has said strenuously... I deny them and I'm going to fight them. And sometimes there was an AVO element to do with Ash Williams's case as well. And sometimes lawyers actually say, look, if someone's going to take out an AVO against you and if you've got no plans on approaching them, just cop the AVO and be done with it. I mean, it's no big deal. Ash said, no, actually, I'm going to be fighting that too. He's fighting the AVO. He's fighting the other charge. He denies any wrongdoing. And look, I've known him for some time and I, you know, I, there are elements of this case as well that, that for legal reasons can't be discussed because the laws prevent them from being discussed. And I think it's one of those ones that once the full story comes out, if the full story comes out, it'll give people a better understanding of the circumstances of those allegations in that case. But once again, innocent until proven guilty. Well, and that's my thing with these things is like half the time we only get half the story, having been in a, in a case where everything was put under, you know, a, a gag order, half the time there's just a salacious headline and you hear something and then you hear the rest of it and then it comes out and you're like, why was this a thing to start with? Because to me, I'm going to be the old-fashioned prude, right? Like if you don't want someone to take a screenshot of you, don't have naked phone sex with someone. You know, it's like we're on the boat the other day and everyone's out and it's like, you know, everyone pulled their tits out except for me and they were taking photos and I'm like, I'm not going to pull my tits out because I don't want that to end up somewhere. And at first I thought I was old fashioned and then I'm like, no, but like, what if your, you know, cloud gets hacked? You know, even if it's not someone maliciously taking photos, if you have sent someone photos, your cloud gets hacked, photos end up out there. If you don't want boobs out there, don't put them out there to start with. And then, you know, half the time it's like, 
there's like a revenge porn element and sometimes it's just someone had taken photos and then they regret it later. So then, you know, is that part of it? And none of us know, is it part of like, you know, she consented to the photos at the time? Was it not consented to? We don't know any of the story. So I think we should just wait and not judge people until we know the full Sarah, I think everything. I was just going to say, Sarah, I think we all agree that people should be proved, um, you know, until they're proved guilty, we should just, you know, give them a go. But this is just not what the networks have been doing. They just dump someone as soon as there's even a rumour, a suggestion. So to think that Channel 7 are going to stand by Andrew O'Keefe right through to the end is, I just don't see evidence of, of that occurring. I mean, Ryan Phelan, we, we, we spoke about, I mean, he only had a few days left on air for the Daily Edition to have his big farewell, his big... And they just dumped him with a couple of rumours at the start, which ended up proving, um, you know, they didn't go through with the charges in the end. Seven I mean, say he was dumped because he didn't disclose, which to me sounds like a technicality. But but, but but also, Aaron, what I'd just say in response to you saying that the evidence is there that networks don't stand by people, Andrew O'Keefe is the first piece of evidence that I would present that, that goes in the face of that. Because Andrew O'Keefe, this is not his first rodeo. He has had problems before. They've had to take major breaks from filming the game show that he's the host of. And he's also had issues as well where, you know, there's been videos or photos turned up of him when he was, you know, not in the best shape because he'd had a big night on the town and people had filmed him and it turned up on the internet. Uh, Channel 7 have stood by him. You know, at Channel 9, I know there have been a number of people both on camera and off camera who've had uh, a crisis occur in their personal life and I think that there are occasions when networks will say bye-bye but there are plenty of other occasions where they'll say look you know you're not the first person to suffer some kind of uh, meltdown in your life to have challenges in your life it's uh, indicative of what happens in the general community and we're not going to throw every single person out every time they make a mistake or they're accused of making a mistake. I would just argue, I, I argue though, that the only the difference between having a drunken night and getting some, you know, domestic violence situation in, in our community would be perceived as two very, you know, big things. I mean, you know, big alleged, I mean, alleged, domestic violence, alleged, issue. alleged, of course. I think it also comes down to your level of celebrity and whether you've already pissed the network off previously. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, is so you're, true. There you go. If you're already on your last leg and then this comes out, then yeah, you're absolutely, they're going to use it as the, the excuse. But I think if you already have a good relationship with the network, you've pre-warned them, look, this is about to hit the fan, you know, then maybe they can work through it with you. All right. A brand new streaming service is coming our way later this year. And in fact, it's my very own company. Live Plus will focus on live programs. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. Live Plus will focus on live programming as part of a $4 million startup. Programming will include the And Robin Robbo Show, a fitness program, a daily entertainment news show, and the popular podcast, Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions, which will be turned into a video show. And it's had over 3 million downloads. While a raft of programs have already been commissioned, submissions are still being accepted for new studio-based formats. Subscriptions will be $6.95 per month, and modelling shows the company will achieve profits with just 60,000 subscribers. Um, ben, I've got to say, you know how everyone has that one big idea? This is mine. Well, I'm really proud to announce that I'll be hosting the fitness show uh, as part of the new streaming service. So think aerobics, Oz style, uh, leotards, uh, big hair, lots of uh, frizzy hairdos and what have you. I'm, I'm really excited about it, Rob. 
Oh, well, oh, yeah, I'll have the mankini going on. I'm obviously in the gym at the moment because I've got to get myself in shape. When's it launching, mate? Because I want to make sure I look my best. Uh, yeah, look, it's launching hopefully late 21, early 22. And don't call us. We'll call you, Ben. Uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to work out how I'm going to do my scuba diving show uh, live in studio. Yeah, well, we'll have a big fish tank for you, Sarah. Um, It won't all be live. It'll be live and on demand. So everything that goes live will be on demand. And as it grows, there will be content that is just on demand. I've got to tell you, I'm having some great chats with investors at the moment, and there's some serious interest out there. The streaming market is obviously a growing market. We're seeing diminishing audiences on traditional TV. Nine have made a very smart play with Stan, but what are the other commercial networks going to do as far as a subscription service goes going forward? They've got their free catch-up services and advertising on those free catch-up services don't bring in the same kind of money as the linear service. Subscription modelling, I do believe, is the way to go, but you've got to have the content. You can't just serve up shit. It has to be really good. I cannot wait to show everyone what we're doing when it launches. So that's well, the congratulations, that mate, for getting out there and having a crack because you've been at the forefront of some of these alternative media sources, whether it's the podcasting and, and some of the other live shows that you've been doing online. So, you know, uh, you, you've got to be out there and having a crack and no one would accuse you of not doing that, Rob McKnight. <laughs> and I've been accused of a lot, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but you appeared on Nine Stream Live back on the day. Yeah, mate. I look. I I don't think I've knocked back an invitation to appear anywhere. To be honest with you, mate. I mean, <laughs> I I just like it. I I I enjoy the opportunity to do different things. I I do radio and I do TV, but mm. um, I love I love I love podcasting and I love the opportunity to talk to a different audience wherever they are. So, mate. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be up for it, mate. Whatever whatever show you've got going on, mate, you know I'll always be there. No, you're a good man. Thank you. Well, as we've previously discussed here on TV Black Box, rugby has found a new home with Stan, and we now have some more details on the cost for consumers should they opt in for this special package. It will be the only place to watch every match ad-free, live and on Ding Stan's subscription cost with a 30-day free, free trial also. Uh, with a 30-free-day trial also available. And rugby fans will also have access to an extensive library to revisit some of the biggest Wallabies and Super Rugby matches. Aaron, I've got to say, I think this is a smart play by Stan. I think they're being really smart. You know, overseas content distribution deals are becoming harder with everyone launching their own streaming service and taking that content back. Stan are making their own productions, and I think sport is a great area for them to get into. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, it's going to be really big in New South Wales and Queensland, which are traditional rugby states um, for those areas. I know they have a a tennis coming up and um, maybe a basketball deal coming in. I'm I'm not sure. But um, I think once it starts growing, um, maybe some English Premier League, some golf, tennis and all that sort of stuff, it will branch outside of New South Wales and, and Queensland and for the few people that like rugby in the other states. But, um, yeah, great model. Um, it's a starting point. Yeah, and Optus are doing fantastically with, um, the you know, the English Premier League, and they really only have one or two sports, and they're doing well, and they're building their platform, and Stan will do the same. But they, they start from a good base of, of having, obviously, the original Stan, which mm. people are paying $10 a month. So it's not a whole new, you know, platform. There's money in rugby too, Rob, because uh, my brother, Nick, 
got involved a few years ago in taking over the rights to club rugby in Sydney because the ABC traditionally broadcasted every Saturday and then they said, look, we can't afford to do it anymore. And so Nick uh, is a great lover of rugby. So he stepped in and said, look, uh, give me the rights and I'll find a home for you on TV. And so he struck a deal with 7-2. And sure enough, he was able to put together deals with a lot of corporates who didn't weren't able to advertise on the ABC. And because rugby crowds are traditionally affluent, um, all of a sudden there were car brands and, and watch brands and all these other companies coming on board because they thought this is a good chance to to pitch our product to people who are watching rugby. So, you know, when you're charging people a premium or, you know, $10 a month is pretty good value if you're a rugby fan, mm. you'll find that there'll be plenty of rugby fans who are obsessed about their sport and will be happy to part with the cash. And then you'll find another element too of corporates wanting to come on board because they think, okay, well, who's going to buy our Audi? Who's going to buy our Rolex? Maybe rugby fans are in the market for that kind of thing and and there might be a, a match made in heaven there. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. I think I'm going to have to have a chat with your brother about helping me find investors, (laughs) just quietly. All right, to the Sunday night ratings now. Ten's I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here has been a ratings winner for the network with little competition until last night. However, even with the Married at First Sight reunion, the I'm a Celebrity winner announcement just edged out ahead with 784,000 tuning in for the finale and 896,000 for the winner. Maths drew in 866,000. Now, despite this, Nine still came out on top with a primary share of 24.5, Seven's Big Bash League bringing in 19.2% of the primary share and 10 on 14.6. You know, Sarah, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here has really dominated the ratings this month, but it's game on now. The competition's back. Um, The finale did well. We've got... The Amazing Race launching up against Holy Moly and Married at First Sight reunion specials. Do you think 10 can maintain or will they be relegated back to fourth place like they were last year? I really hope for them that they can maintain it um, just because, you know, they've lagged behind for so long and I feel like finally maybe they're, it's, their, it's their year. Um, but, no, I, I hope they can. There's some, I don't know, some of those shows I would watch, like I, I'm excited for Holy Moly. Um Married at first sight. I don't really care. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how our viewing habits have changed a year after lockdown. That's a good point. Holy Moly's a good show, if a little long. I think kids will be going to bed before it's over, but I do like <laughs> it. Um, the Married at First Sight specials did good business, but they're not like the regular series. Um, so Amazing Race, I think, will be the one that gets edged out tonight. We're recording this Monday morning, so we don't know how things have rated Monday night. Um, Aaron, I've got to say, though, 10 are going into a bit of a holding pattern uh, during the tennis with the Cube launching on Wednesdays after the tennis. And they've got something going in that has me shaking my head because, Uh as we all know, Jamie Oliver does not rate. (laughs) (laughs) So Jamie Oliver is filling in some Wednesdays. Yeah, it's only a couple of Wednesdays. I always find with Channel 10, it's, it's always just based on the show, whether they do well. And I know that sounds funny, but with Nine, they can air one show and it seems to flow at 8.30 and flow at 9.30 and they can have a really big night. Whereas Channel 10, if they don't watch, you know, one particular, you know, it's just Gogglebox and they won't watch yeah. the show before or after. They'll only watch, you know, just that show. 
Um, I don't think last night's ratings is is anything indicative of what's coming up. It was a sort of a one-off night, the cricket on one night, a reunion and a, and a finale. Um, you know, holy moly's on tonight. You know, that's going to be a, a big one. But, yeah, the, the networks are, uh, with the tennis, uh, having a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So we have to wait a couple of weeks to really read into the, any ratings performances this year. Ben, you must be intrigued by Holy Moly. It looks a little similar to a little show you make called Ninja Warrior. Yeah, except they do putt-putt as well. Um, <laughs> I, I noticed on the promo when I saw it, I went, oh, so they run through obstacles and then they and then they putt the balls. But, look, I, I, I think it's family-friendly. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it'll, it'll uh, gain some attention and some viewers as well. Uh, but the water cooler conversation today will be around maths because... You know, let's face it, it was a bit of a throwing-together show because the Australian Open tennis mm. wasn't ready to roll for obvious reasons. And still, people tuned in in big numbers. It did enough that it did some damage to I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and that was the finale of the show as well. Uh, and then you've got the amazing race coming up. I reckon Bo Ryan uh, is a great talent and a terrific host. He filled in last week on Studio 10 for a day, sitting alongside Sarah Harris. And I don't know, I reckon there'd be a few studio executives at Channel 10 who'd see Bo in that role and be thinking, what can we find for Bo beyond the amazing race? Because yeah. he really suits that environment of sitting there on a live set and hosting a show. Um, he's never going to be the journalist in the arrangement like Sarah Harris certainly is, and Sarah's terrific. But you also can do with that that gear change of having someone who can just mm-hmm. make people laugh and uh, who can have a bit of sport uh, while you've got someone else there who can handle the serious business if all of a sudden there's a, a leadership change or some massive event going on in the US. So, yeah, it's a really interesting time of year. And I think um, there'll be a lot of people who'll be sitting down nervously at their computers at... 8.59am tomorrow morning uh, to work out what did the business and what didn't. Uh, Rob, I just wanted to say, do you think Seven would be a little bit relieved, though, that uh, Married at First Sight didn't have the big, big numbers, like 1.3, 1.4, 1.2, you know, something like that? At 800-plus thousand, um, Seven, I just think Seven would probably be a little bit relieved with that, with Holy Moldy coming on. I don't think there's any surprise about those numbers for Married at First Sight. Reunion specials like that never do the same business as the series. In fact, Kevin Perry did an article on TV Black Box where he asked for our predictions for tonight, and I think I had the maths reunion down at about 850,000 um, because they just they just don't get the audience in like a normal series. Tonight, I think maths will do about 850. I think Holy Moly will do about 700. And I expect The Amazing Race to do around 550. That's my predictions for tonight. So it's going to win. The, the Married at First Sight reunion yep. is going to win. Yep. Well, that's hardly bad business. It's a, you know, if it's a throwing together show that's to fill a gap, and if, it, if as you think it is going to do, it knocks off major competition in brand new shows being rolled out on Channel 7. Um, that's got to be a good result for nine. Look, there could be an upset with Holy Moly taking the crown from Married at First Sight. It's had the promotion. It is fun. I think there will be fatigue over the 90 minutes. Uh, So that's the biggest problem it faces. It would be a really tight hour show and would be fantastic. I still really like the show. I'm intrigued to see... I'd love to have this conversation tomorrow morning and find out what the ratings were, whether I'm... It'll either... One of them will get 850, one of them will get 750 or 700. That's, that's I, I think prediction. if I think if the Merit at First Sight reunion tonight was to knock off Holy Moly, 
that the nine executives and programmers like Michael Healy will be doing triple handstands. I think they. I, I, I don't think that that's the result that they would be anticipating tonight because I think that you've got to hope for the worst but expect – you've got to hope for the best and, and expect the worst. For and sure. I think with all the promotion of Holy Moly and the fact that it's family-friendly, um, I think that they would be anticipating that they might get knocked off tonight. Who knows? Maybe it'll crack a million and, you know, you never know. It, it certainly has had the promotion. Well, will Mark Ferguson remain the anchor of 7 News Sydney? That's the question many in the industry are asking after the network made the extraordinary decision to pair Michael Usher and Angela Cox together to read together on weekends. The duo also filled in for Ferguson over the summer break. At a time of cost-cutting in the industry, the move is seen as a significant indicator network chiefs are looking to replace Ferguson, who has struggled against Peter Overton on 9 News. While 7 can claim the number one spot nationally, in Sydney, Overton remains dominant after replacing Ferguson, who was previously the main anchor for Nine News. Aaron, it is a pretty big deal to dump a newsreader, and I've been reaching out, talking to people at Seven today. They tell me this is absolutely not happening. Mark Ferguson is in the chair. Angela and Michael Usher just made a good pairing during um, COVID bulletins and all that kind of stuff, so they thought they'll put them together on weekends, uh, which I believe that an anchor is completely safe until the day they're axed. <laughs> it's it's a tough one. I mean, there's three options. Continually dumping a presenter's can't do anything for the long-term success of news service. Um, continuity um, can be a formula for success. Plugging on with Fergo is certainly a possibility. If you change the presenter and it doesn't change the ratings, you're in for the slow burn, you know, building momentum, which can take years. And sometimes changing the presenter um, and finding immediate success can happen um, in certain cases, like Ian Ross. For me, uh, this is just a personality thing. I just don't think Fergo has that much personality. When you see Michael Usher and Angela Cox work together, there's this chemistry. I mean, it, even though it's just reading news, there's, they, they're ready together, whereas Fergo just reads the auto cue, just write down that, you know, it's hello, read the news and, and goodbye. I like the whole Musher thing, but I've seen the, the ratings. I mean, they haven't been you know it hasn't increased the weekends really at all um seven is saying the back half of the bulletin is holding better with michael and angela as opposed to when it was just one reader if it was me if it was me i would probably dump virgo he's been in the chair long enough and the ratings aren't too good i would get usher to read monday to wednesday solo and have Ange and usher read on thursday and friday together and then Ange on the weekends and that way you'll be able to see the solo versus the together and then whatever works you're only making very small changes after that that's just oh, I, what think I think if you believe in what you're doing on the weekend, you make it permanent. Although, Ben, it's a very big deal to change your main 6pm presenter. You build years investing in them, selling their experience, selling them to the audience. It's a big deal if you want to change that. Yeah, Mark Ferguson is a terrific newsreader, uh, a wonderful bloke. Um, but you've just got to remember as well, sometimes it's about who you're up against. And you can't go looking in the mirror and saying, what's wrong with me? You've got to actually look at who you're up against and realising, oh, hang on a moment, there's some really strong competition out there. And in Peter Overton, you do have someone who's been a piece of TV furniture. And that was part of the grand plan put in place many, many years ago when they decided with Peter Overton to send him around the world with 60 Minutes. And we saw him 
you know, up against Tom Cruise and Tom telling him to put his manners back <laughs> in. We saw him carrying huge anacondas around somewhere in America. And, you know, I mean, we really felt in many ways like we grew up with him. I can remember when he really first um, blew people away was when the Super League court case went down, which would be mm. about 20 years ago. And he was on the on the steps of the courthouse and he just did this stellar job. And you know the other thing? Sometimes the good guys finish first. Mm. And that's no reflection on Fergo because Fergo happens to be the good guy at Channel 7. And I think anyone at Channel 7 who knows Fergo would say that. He's the, he's the good guy at Channel 7 because he's just such a lovely bloke and so's Peter at Channel 9. And I can tell you when I started as a midnight to dawn newsreader on radio... Uh, about more than 20 years ago, the phone, I remember, would ring on a Saturday morning at about 4.15 in the morning and you'd think, who's ringing? Because no one called <laughs> on midnight to dawns. And then you'd pick up the phone and he would say, Ben, it's Peter Overton. I'm just on my way in to read the news or the sport on Today on Saturday, it used to be called, before Weekend yes. Today Show. He said, I just want to let you know that 4am bulletin you just did was bloody fantastic. And I used to think to myself, boy, there's probably about six people listening at the moment and one of them happens to be <laughs> Peter Overton. And I remind him about that. You know, I mean, he, he's, he's one of these guys who's very good at what he does. I think people feel like they know him because they, they know that his wife's Jessica Rowe mm. and they know he's got two beautiful girls and we've seen him travel around the world. And, you know, I know that when I took on a drive-time radio show and we were not number one, I looked around a little bit and went, well, hang on a moment. You've got to look around at who else is out there and what they're doing. And sometimes you realise uh, if I want to be number one, if we want our show to be number one, uh, we've got to also acknowledge that there's some really healthy competition out there. If I was running the Seven Newsroom, I would be doing nothing in terms of changing uh, who's hosting Seven News. I'd leave Mark Ferguson right there because sometimes there's an element too of not being pushed into making some rash call when you don't have a plan B that's better than your plan A. Yeah, fair point. And look, I, I don't think anyone would be surprised to learn I'm a Peter Overton fan. He is one of the nicest blokes, as you say, in the industry, if not in the world. And he has worked hard to get to that number one position at Nine News. He has worked extremely bloody hard. No doubt about it. All right, now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. The Drew Barrymore Show will finally be coming to Australian audiences after a deal was made between Viacom CBS and Foxtel. The premiere episode will kick off on Fox Arena on Monday, February 1st at 7.30pm. After reworking the Big Brother format to rating success, executive producer Amelia Frisk has been promoted to the new role of Director of Content among a huge restructure announcement at Endemol Shine Australia. And Ticker has announced Ticker News, a brand new era of news in Australia. As of today, from 7am until 10pm each day, Ticker will provide live news and on-demand Ticker originals. It can be streamed on smart TVs and social media and will broadcast 5,000 hours of live news this year. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you, Sarah. Coming up, Eddie Maguire, who actually talks about Andrew O'Keefe and whether he's interested in becoming the CEO of the AFL. Plus, we'll open the TV binge box. It's back in its original home. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. These are real confessions. Saying I've wanted to kill my mother since I was eight years old. From real serial killers. We've just got to be violent to them. Best-selling true crime author Amanda Howard doesn't just talk about their crimes. She talks directly to them. It's all getting a bit much, really. It's the podcast that goes where others fear to tread. Monsters Who Murder. Serial Killer Confessions. Subscribe now in your favourite podcast feed. Well, it's been an interesting day for Eddie Maguire. He's certainly made news around the country with news that Collingwood has tabled a secret report talking about racism within the club. But this interview you're about to hear was recorded before that for the And Robin Robbo Show. Well, he's been on our screens for decades and has appeared on just about every TV show. So it was only a matter of time before Eddie Maguire made his debut on the And Robert and Robbo Show. Eddie, it is an honour to have you join us. G'day, Rob. I've made it now, mate. That's it. I can uh, put the cherry on the cake. I'm here with you, mate. Oh, you're very, very kind. Hey, look, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire has returned to primetime with the final special airing tomorrow night. Can you believe you've been involved with one of the most successful game shows ever in Australian television? Yeah, it's been quite incredible. I remember back in uh, 1999... uh, when it started with uh, Chris Tarrant in the United Kingdom. Mm. And uh, the second shows, I think, was a, almost a dead heat between the Dutch and ourselves to get the second show on. <laughs> and then it just took off right around the world and Regis Philbin in, uh, in the United States. And, it, uh, you know, you read uh, Bob Iger's book these days and he basically says it was what kept, uh, kept uh, CBS afloat at that stage. So it, it's, mm. it's been an amazing show right around the world. It was the number one show in Australia for a number of years, of course. And then we, uh, we've been able to spin it off into a hot seat and have a strip show at 5 o'clock, 5.30 originally and 5.30. So it's had three different incarnations as far as uh, Australia is concerned. So uh, we've been, I've been very keen for a long time. Nine have been keen, have been waiting for the right opportunity. And that opportunity has arisen because the tennis has been pushed back. So here mm-hmm. we are. And, and as you've you know, seen, it's been fantastic shows so far and a great response and looking forward to finishing it off. But it's... Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, with, with any luck, it might even come back in a more regular scenario or at least a special through the course of the year. But it's been great fun getting the old format back. Of course, different these times. And you've seen the pressure that's put on me these days with, uh, you know, instead of asking the audience, they get to ask the host. And uh, 50, <laughs> that's 50 right. is still there. And, uh, of course, you can switch the question out these days. But, you know, it's a bit different. In the old days, I used to enjoy watching them all stewing in their own fat, if you like. And uh, now every question that comes up, I'm trying to work it out myself before I even read it out. So I don't see the questions. The million dollars is always in play. So it's as simple as that. There's no help coming my way. (laughs) Mate, when this show first launched, it really did take the nation by storm. I want to show you this classic moment with Molly Meldrum. Let's have a look. Chevron, for $500,000, is the meat of which animal? Is a goat for five. Who knew Molly was so smart? 
Yeah, well, I, I did. He's been a great mate and even a mentor of mine for so many years, Molly. And as it turned out, he was the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And uh, it was just an amazing... Molly still talks about it as being, you know, almost his greatest experience on television. Because, oh, wow. as you just said, Rob, you know, a lot of people saw Molly as a bit of a bumbler and all this. But, you know, obviously behind the scenes, he was a journalist and, you know, great broadcaster. And, you know, you, you don't get as far as Molly without... Uh, having a fair uh, amount of brains. Mind you, he'd done plenty of silly things over the years and carried on. <laughs> now, you talked about hot seat. And look, this has really kicked goals in the afternoon. And I remember when I was working at nine, David Gingell took great delight that hot seat was there delivering the numbers. And now the pressure was really on all of us making the news promos and working in the newsroom to keep those numbers and boost the 6pm audience. How important is the leading you provide nine to helping the 6pm news. Yeah, well, that, that's what it's that's what it's all about to to launch your your prime time schedule. And uh, you know we, we're doing really well on the east coast. Uh, you know, Channel Nine for some reason doesn't rate in in Adelaide and Perth, but uh, <laughs> on the east coast, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Sydney, obviously, it, it is it's doing really well. Wind basically, mm -hmm. but it's close. The chases are with uh, Andrew Keith, a great show. And, uh, you know, I'm wrapped that they're both doing well because it means that local production's doing very well. But uh, Do you think you and Andrew will be butting heads for the next 50 years? Whatever game show it is, whether it's Hot Seat or some other show, it'll be you and Andrew O'Keefe in the afternoons battling it out. Oh, it's good. And, you know, and Andrew and I have worked together. We hosted the Logies together with uh, with Rob McManus. And, and he actually got his, his breaking television as he laughs about doing parodies of me on one yes. of the sketch comedy shows. So... So in some ways, I've created my own monster to try and slay. <laughs> but uh, he's, a, he's a great fellow, Andrew. I think the world of him, I think he's a, a great entertainer as well. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's good at the moment. We're both doing well enough to, to keep the home fires burning. Now, before I let you go, Eddie, word on the street is that AFL CEO Gil McLaughlin will step down within 12 months. Now, we know you're leaving Collingwood as the CEO in the next 12 months. So could you see yourself transitioning over to the AFL CEO? No. Pure and simple. You'd be, but see, I actually think you'd be great, Eddie. You've got the experience. You've been a CEO. You've got a love for the game. Why isn't this something you could do? No, so I mean, I've been president of the Collingwood Football Club, and you know, uh, I've decided after I think after round three, I'll have been uh, the president of more games in the history of the competition. So uh, and there's other things. I'm, I'm uh, fully immersed in my media career. And uh, that's what I want to do over the next period of time. Where, you know, I've got a, a business that's uh, that's growing well. Um, a lot of other things that I want to do. Um, I've been involved in football. I, I got my first uh, media pass when I was 13 years of age uh, to cover the game, and uh, you know, have loved it. You know, haven't, there hasn't been a weekend since the time I was five that I haven't been fully immersed. Um, I, I like actually giving back to football. So, you know, there might be other roles for me to play as I go, but. No, I don't, I don't cover the CEO's role, and I hope that Gill stays on. I know word on the street's one thing, but uh, we're going through tough times with this COVID in all sports, and to have somebody of Gill's um, tremendous acumen uh, being the caretaker for our sport has been wonderful mm. in the last 12 months, and we need him in the next 12 months, and I think we need him for a few more 12 months after that. So uh, if he is thinking or if people are talking about it, I'll be the opposite. I'll be talking him out of it trying to keep him in the chair as long as we possibly can because he does a fantastic job. So, no, it's not, not something I covet, not even something I'm even thinking about. Fair enough.
Well, you talked about your media career. Hopefully we'll see more of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire back in prime time, where it belongs. It continues tomorrow night at 7.30pm on Channel 9. Eddie, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Great to be with you and congratulations on everything you're doing. So many new things to do in, in media and, and you're leading the way here, Rob. So, you know, these are the things we're looking at. So congratulations for everything you're doing and thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> oh, Eddie, that's very, very kind. Cheers. Good on you, mate. The new highlight of my life. Being on the show with you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it's time to open the TV binge box. Aaron, what have you been watching? Well, I've actually been on holidays for the last couple of weeks, um, so not been watching a lot of TV. Um, I did preview um, and enjoy the first episode of Holy Moly. I've been watching Stephen King's The Stand. But Rob, ask me next week. Perth is in a full week of lockdown and I will be watching TV. It's going to be coming out of my ears. I will have a full report next week. We only want quick highlights, mate. This isn't the full TV binge box podcast. <laughs> this is just a quick little segment. So highlights only. Sarah, what have you been watching? Well, Matt had the Rona, so we were in full lockdown. Uh, so we watched a shit ton of television. Um, but we watched Bridgerton, which was just, ugh, just eye candy everywhere um and then um yes uh and then there was a bunch of other stuff uh but we're amusing ourselves with a tv show called 90 day fiance which is on tlc and if you ever have any doubt about how racist americans are um that's a great one to watch because they assume that every woman who's marrying american is only doing it for the green card um but it's fascinating because as a foreign spouse with an American, we can discuss the whole, do they really think that that's all we want? And so it's it's great <laughs> discussion. Um, and then um, we've just been watching, oh, The Great Escapists is what we were watching earlier, which is um, Hammond from The Grand Tour. And one of the guys from uh, Mythbusters made this very odd production on uh amazon prime and um it has some weird voice overlay that i was cooking and matt was watching it and i'm like did you turn on like the closed captioning like it's got a voice <laughs> thing like it's the weirdest weirdest thing and it's like it's made for kids and it's like they're on an island but instead of being like bear grills they just invent shit um and it's, it's oh when I you give <laughs> money to people that have had success that don't actually have a good idea it's, it's the weirdest, I don't know how I feel about it, and I think it's a negative. <laughs> Fair enough. Ben, what have you been watching? Well, I've been finally watching some drama, Rob, because over the Christmas break I ran into Brian Walsh, who's one of the founding fathers mm -hmm. of Foxtel, who's an absolute gentleman, and he started asking me about what I watch, and I said, oh, I watch a lot of news. And he said, what else do you watch? I said, not much else. I watch <laughs> news programs and, and some sport. That's about it. And he said, mate, you've got to broaden your horizons a little bit. So I got a few tips from him, and I started watching Your Honour on Stan. Mm. And, boy, if you like watching shows, that make you uncomfortable while watching, which I certainly do. Um, it's the bloke, and you'll know his name uh, from Breaking Bad, who's the my, my, Brian Jackson. Cranston, is that his yep. name? Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. And so, yeah, his son is involved in this horrific incident, and he's then facing a challenge as to whether to kind of, you know, dob him in or 
uh, whether to cover for him. And he's a judge, so, of course, that makes it ten times worse. And, uh, yeah, so I, I binge-watched it, and then now I've caught up, and they release them every Sunday night. And all of a sudden I become hooked because last Sunday they had a hiatus, so there was no episode there. I was ringing my mate going, where the hell's the latest Your Honour? And they said, no, they're having a break. So I'm about to go and check whether they <laughs> released another one yesterday. But it is fantastic TV, Your Honour on Stan. All right, good recommendation. Um, I have gotten into Lucifer, and I've got to say the first few seasons were great. I'm on Series 5 now, and, oh, my God, it's a punish. It's like they have just put the show on automatic pilot. It is doing my head in, and I'm finding it really difficult. So I went looking around, and I found True Blood, which is another old show. But, jeez, what a great show. Only the first season's good. Sorry? Only the first season's good. Of True Blood. Well, I'm about to hit season three, but I'm still enjoying it. Um, uh, we finished watching The Crown, The Mandalorian. I've been watching WandaVision on Disney Plus, which is quite interesting. But the thing consuming my time at the moment, and this will speak volumes to people who know that I'm a big fan of the Big Bang Theory, is there's a show on Netflix called Superstore. And it is oh, this God. crappy little comedy. <laughs> I watched eight minutes of it. It's terrible. I, I like it. I am oh, binging episodes in five-minute blocks. You like and... the trashiest, like, filler oh, television. Is that the, Honestly. Is that the one with the ugly Betty girl? If, I've yes, got a yeah. second-hand fridge for sale. Do you want to buy it, Rob? <laughs> Uh, seriously, it's so good because sometimes you just want to have lunch and watch a bit of TV and don't want to get too emotionally invested in a big drama, and it's perfect for that. I just put it on, watch 10 minutes, go away, come back, and I'm literally just binging my way through it, and I love it. I, I'm actually loving it. So, yes, don't ever take my suggestions when it comes to the TV binge box. <laughs> hey, look, that brings us to the end of our first episode of TV Black Box. Sarah, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me back. I'm glad I'm the one person that made it. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron, good to see you. Thank you very much. Great to be back. And to our special guest, Ben Fordham, thank you for being here, mate. What happened to everyone else? Were they voted off the island? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know what? We should discuss this because people will ask. Nothing dramatic. Ben's off doing his own podcast. Malk uh, is going to be popping in from time to time. Uh, depending on his work Basically, schedule. everyone else had better shit to do and I was still bored. <laughs> oh, they, oh, they had well, real that's jobs. why I got the call up. Um, because we're doing the Andrew and Robbo show at 9 o'clock at nights now, so I can't record the podcast at night. So it has affected the way we record the podcast. Nothing sinister, nothing bad, just is what it is. So, mm. But next week we'll be joined by someone working in the TV industry who will become a regular of the TV Black Box family and he'll have lots of fascinating insights and we'll learn what he does. Until next mm. week, that's TV Black Box. We'll see you soon. Is it Rove McManus? Ah. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.